Welcome to Kingdom Perspective Broadcast, the teaching ministry of Dr. David Ogaga. We believe that this message is going to open up the seals and cause you to have a deeper revelation into the Word of God that will make you see beyond the letters in the Word. Here is Dr. David. Once again, we just bless and exalt your holiness. We magnify you for your love. We appreciate you for your faithfulness. And here, God, we come again to look into your perfect world of liberty. We are asking for insight. We are asking for prophetic wisdom that will elevate us from the level that we are to another level and give us, oh God, a glory, the benefit that we are supposed to have. Be your children. So, Lord God, cause light to be done in our hearts, even as we hear this word. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, we continue with our um, series on Every Man is a Believer. And this probably be the last part, this part four. Every Man is a Believer. But in a subtitle, we're talking about those who believe in God. Because the first set of people we talked about are those who said they are a taste, they don't believe God. But I made us to understand, go back to part one, that if you don't believe in God, you believe in yourself. So you made yourself a God. So, you are not saying you're not a believer, just that you don't believe in God, but you believe in yourself. Amen? And then we talked about those who worship idols. And I made you to understand that idol is nothing in this world. We empower the things that are called idols. Amen? You know, when you look at the scripture in the book of Proverbs, it says, where there is no wood, the fire goes out. What is that supposed to mean? It simply means, if you are not worshiping an idol, the power disappears. Is that okay? Right. Uh, for those of us who grew up, who grew up with, 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 I mean, from such families where idols were worshipped, I remember there was a particular shrine in our family those times. Um, in this shrine, this particular family shrine, they have banana tree on it. Uh, it was used Part of the efficacy to produce the shrine was to banana. Now, what that means is, you know, banana produces fast and very quick. Actually, it was because my grandfather I was told he used to lose his children. So they made the shrine to come so that his children can live and then produce more, as the case may be. Now, you don't use matcha to cut it, you have to sharpen a tree, I mean, the wood, to be able to bring it down. Now, but when my grandfather died and my father came into the scene, he inherited that, but at a point too, he was not paying attention to that shrine. So what finally happens? The power and everything that was associated with the shrine disappeared. Is that okay? What you don't pay attention to will naturally lose its power. So there is nothing like an idol. Everything manifested through idol is because of what you inject into it. It's because you are paying attention to it. You are the one that empowers the wood, the trees, anything you find around, you are the one empowering them. Otherwise, there is nothing like an idol. Is that okay? Praise the living God. 
Like I said, that's number two. That's a part two of the stories we're talking about. Every man is a believer. So there's nothing like an idol. You are the one that empowers all those trees, all those shrines, all your native chalks, whatever. And uh, you, you, you trust them. And because you put your faith in those things, they work. Because somebody said, but pastor, these things work. Yeah, they work. They work because you empower them. Every man is a believer. What is that supposed to mean? Because to them that believe, nothing shall be what? Impossible. So you have a tree there and you want to believe that through this tree, you can have life or you can have success. There are manifestations, entities that will begin to come, take advantage of your faith and begin to walk. You have faith, but it's a negative faith. Are you still there with me? Right. I made it to understand sometime here you see, what we, don't, what we don't really understand is that there are spirits that are all over the place. Entities that can take advantage of what you think or believe in. You know, it's just like what the scripture says. The Lord will do exceedingly abundantly above what you ask or think. So, if God does not capture your thoughts, there are entities that capture your thoughts. And empower you to do what you're supposed to do. You create the environment for those spirits to walk. You see? And somebody once asked me a question. What do you have to say about Samuel and the witch of Eldon? You know that the witch of Eldon called up Samuel for Saul. I said, that is not true. The witch had no power to go into God's kingdom to call up a son of God. It's practically impossible. So what happened was, there was what we call a familiar spirit that mimicked the very life of Saul, I mean of Samuel, to destroy Saul. It had nothing to do with God. And that is why sometimes you hear some voices, they look like the people you know. They are not really the people you know. These are familiar spirits who studied either your mother or your father and they can appear as if your mother or father is really talking to you. That's why you must design through the word of God who is really talking. Because if, for instance, your father appears to you and begin to direct you away from the things of God, you must know that this is not God. And this is not from God. This is not truly your father. It's just simply a familiar spirit. So, you have to understand these things. Now, how do you get to know those things as you study the word of God? Are you with me? Praise the living God. So, the witch, I repeat again, have no power to call up Saul, I mean Samuel, because Samuel was in God's kingdom, he was a child of God, the witch don't have that access to do that. So a familiar spirit showed up for the destruction of Saul. So that's what about, I'm just trying to give a little summary about the issue of idols. You empower those things to work, they are really not in existence. They don't have the power that they claim to have, but you give them those powers. So now we're going to be dealing with those who believe in God. And so I look at John chapter 1, verse number 12. And he said, For as many as received them, he gave power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. Amen? And so if you turn it the other way, whatever you believe in brings power to your life. You believe in Christ, you receive power to become. That is to say, the power that comes through your belief makes you 
a child of God. But it's based on your belief. Amen? And the verse 13 says, which are born not of blood, not of the will of the flesh, not of the will of man, but of God. Now the word belief is very crucial in this passage. Belief is pistol, pistol, which has to do with to have faith in, upon, or with respect to a person or thing. Belief. That if you believe in idol, it simply means you have faith in the idol or upon the idol or with respect to the idol or a person that you believe in. That is faith. So faith is either positive or negative. Negative in the sense that you use the faith to believe in an idol. You have trust in an idol. But here you are having your faith in, in, who, in Christ. Listen to this. As many as believe, he gave what? Power to become. So your belief is what produces the power. Are you still there with me? Again I repeat, the word believe equals to what? Faith. And faith is directed towards an object or person. I want you to understand this. And when that happens, a power flows from that your belief. So much so that the object you believe in releases a power. Praise the Lord. It speaks of that which is entrusted, especially one's spiritual well-being to Christ. It means belief, to commit to trust, to put in trust. It's from the root word pistis. Pistis is persuasion. I'm defining belief. Persuasion. That is credence, moral conviction of a religious truth or the truthfulness of God or religious teacher. That's business from the word pistil. You having a conviction. So there is no doubt in your heart. That is what faith means. You, you believe. No doubt. Remember what Jesus said in Mark chapter 9? And towards them that believe all things are possible. You don't have doubt in your mind. In your believing Christ. That's what faith means. You don't need to see him to believe him. This is where it's a little bit difficult for us to grasp. And I'll make you see that. So let me just move on. Praise the Lord. Go with me to that John 1. I'm going to read from the NIV. And take it from verse number 10. John chapter 1, NIV, verse number 10. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. 
yet to all who received him, to those who believe in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Did you get that? To those who believe and receive them, that receive has to do with you accepting and believing by faith as to who he is. And what's the next thing that happened? He gave you the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent. So there are natural descents and there are spiritual descent, if you will. Children who are born not of natural descent. You, you, you see, that is your, your new birth is not connected to your grandfather who was an idol worshiper. And I keep saying this, if you think what your father did can trouble you, then for me, you are not really born again. Amen? Are you still there with me? Hallelujah. Born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, or a husband's will, but born of God. And this is so, so vital for us to understand. Born of God, not because your husband just wants a child and then you come to life. That means there are different categories of people. You can be born through a descendant, you're born through a family, lineage. On the other hand, Human decision. For instance, if a man goes to a hotel, meets with a lady, a prostitute, and she becomes pregnant, and she decided not to abort the baby, that is a child born out of human decision, most often from instinct that was not controlled. Are you sitting with me? And then we talk about those who are born with husband's will because he wants a child. But we're talking about people who are born through the will of God. Not natural descent, not husband decision, not husband, I mean a man's uncontrolled instincts. No, this one is by the will of God. So you must understand your new bet. And it's a little bit difficult to grasp this. Because we are, like I'll make you see much later, we are good at having faith in what we can touch. Hallelujah. So here we see a group of people that are born not of anything that has to do with human connection. Not by human will, not by the will of the flesh, will of man, not by descent, no. So first of all, understand this fact that you being in Christ because you receive him, he gave you power to become. The power is what produces your new bed. Is that okay? Come on, are you there with me? It therefore follows that what happens to your descendant is not supposed to happen to you. Why? Because you've broken the chain. You don't count your genealogy from your old parents anymore because you are born from above 
you have a new source of life you have a new source of family tree your family tree is not coming from your old descendants your family tree is coming from god are you done with me praise the living god to them that believe who have the faith you get power exilgian that's what the word means exusian the privilege you honor the dignity or right to become the sons of god so he who is made a child of god enjoys the greatest privileges which the divine being god himself can confer in this life by implication god is saying even in this life that you're living in you are my child and that is a great privilege that you need to understand that god right now takes you as his child and if you be the child of god then i want to say this to you there is nothing in the natural that's supposed to harm or hurt you i want you to come to that place of understanding that if a natural father could provide and protect his children god himself can do what provide and protect you in this life it's not saying you have to die to become his child he's saying by your faith you become his child right now not tomorrow now you went to go to heaven your genealogy has changed your family tree can no longer take its root from your great-grandparents are you still there with me so listen if your grandfather coughed and died and your next father also coughed and died but you became a believer you are not going to cough and die I don't know if you're following this. Why? Because you cut the link. You are not born. You can't trace your descendant again to those people, your genealogy to those people. You have a new family tree, a new connection, a new blood in your system. Are you still following me? I want you to understand what I'm saying. That right now, your father is God. So if, if somebody in your family, two, three, died in poverty, that is not to say you're going to die in poverty. Because you are not connected to those people anymore. You got a change of life. You got a change of family tree. You got a change of descent. We come from God by reason of our new beds. Now you have to believe this for the power to walk. That's the problem. So somebody will say, well, you see, pastor, you don't understand. I know of a family, though they've been Christians, but, but, but what? But you see, the same thing is following them. The same thing is following them. You don't have belief. You are a religious person. You just, you just go to church, but you don't understand. Listen, as many as believe, he gave power to become. Scripture says, every man who is in Christ, become a new creature. All things 
are passed away. To become is the process. And that's the power that comes from God. It makes you his child. And that's going to be through your faith. Are you still there with me? Those who accept Jesus Christ, as he offered to them in the gospel, have through his blood a right to this sonship. That's why scripture was saying, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it's the power of God unto salvation. So if you understand what I'm saying and believe in what I'm saying, you attain to the place of our sonship in God. Your genealogy, I want to repeat, I don't know why. Your genealogy is not counted from your old father that died some years ago. You are not from there anymore. Remember this. It takes blood to give birth. If you want to find out who has a child, maybe in contents, what do you do? You go and do DNA tests. Am I right? And you can say, oh, Mr. A has the same DNA with the baby, or Mr. B does have that. The only way you can trace the child scientifically as to who owns the child is to do a DNA test. Am I right? The blood will reveal who owns the child. Oh, come on. Now, the blood reveals who owns you. Whose blood is it? The blood of God. So if your blood is to be tested right now, which blood will they find there? God's blood. Are you following what I'm talking about? You don't have the blood of your old father that died miserably some years back. You don't have that. This is where faith comes in. This is where this belief comes in. As many as believe, he gave power to become what? The sons of God. Are you still there with me? Praise the living God. You should know the mystery of the sacrifice of Jesus. You know, in the book of Acts, we are told that Paul was writing and he says, You take care for the church of God, which what? He bought with his own blood. His own blood. Whose blood? God's own blood. How did that happen? Now, God the Spirit, that's a mystery, is not a human being. But he wants to redeem the human being. And remember this. I've explained this to you sometime. He who makes the law only sometimes can fulfill the law. What did he say? He said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. That is to say, if you pluck my tooth, they have to pluck your own. Are you done with me? Now, man has fallen in Adam. The blood is corrupted. How can man be redeemed? Now, we already know through idol worship, when you go to the idol of the shrine, what happens to you? They ask you to bring an animal. What do they want from the animal? They want the blood. So, the sacrifice to extract the blood 
which represent your life. Leviticus tells us that the life of the flesh is in the blood. So now they want the blood so that they can save you. So they take the animal, slit the treat of the animal, take the blood out, pour it on the altar, whatever the case may be. You've made a sacrifice. Now, this is why the blood of an animal cannot save you because the blood of an animal is not the equivalent of your blood. The foul's blood is not as much as your own blood as a human being. That is why men have graduated from using animals to using human beings for sacrifice. Are you following what I'm talking about? They need the blood. They know that that's the only thing that can save you. They have to pay the price, the equivalent price of what you have committed or whatever the case may be. So, instead of using an animal, they have come to realize the blood of an animal cannot work as much as the blood of a human because the person that they want to save is a human being. Therefore, they have to be blood for blood, tooth for tooth, eye for eye. This is why it is foolish for you to offer animals for your sacrifice. Are you listening to me? Now, man cannot offer man to redeem man. So God needs to redeem man. And God is spirit. So how can he now pour out his blood to redeem man? Because the equivalent sacrifice of the fall of Adam has to be paid for. So God became human in Christ. Are you listening to me now? He poured his blood into the figure called Jesus Christ. You must remember what the angel told Joseph. That which is, of, of, what, that which is in her is of the Holy Ghost. That means the Holy Ghost gave birth to Jesus. Are you following what I'm talking about? So the agency by which the blood of Jesus was, you know, how do I put it now? The life of Jesus was made manifest was through the blood of God, through the agency of the Holy Spirit. So now he said, you must take it, how that, listen closely, of the church that God bought what what? His own blood. So how did he bought it with his own blood? By pouring his blood in Jesus and sending him to the cross. Now you receive the life of Jesus, which is his blood. The life of the flesh is in the blood. So what did he say? Eat my flesh and drink my blood. <laughs> Are you sitting there with me? Therefore, if Jesus poured out the life which is the blood of God, and you receive that. You are no longer a child of your own parents. The DNA in your life is that of God. Praise the Lord. So we find that the blessing of sonship is purchased with the sacrifice of the blood of Jesus. Amen? So, again I repeat this. If your DNA is to be is to be found or is to be examined or is to be determined right now is you read the blood of God. Because that's who your father is. And it takes faith to come into this. So whatever is killing anybody in your family, it's not supposed to kill you. 
Are you still there with me? If there's any disease that is moving in your family, it's not supposed to cross towards you. It can get hold of you. Praise the living God. It just takes faith. It takes your understanding of what I'm saying. This is the real deliverance that you are supposed to be having. Understanding that you are now born of the blood of God. Because every father is what gives bad. Remember? The XY chromosomes that must come together and the one that the father must, if the father determines the sex of the child. Now, God in his kingdom doesn't have females. <laughs> he supplies all the male chromosomes. Are you still there with me? Is anybody following me? So what is going on? He determines that you have to be his child. So in the kingdom of God, there's neither male nor female. When you receive this life, you become a son. Are you sitting there with me? Here the believer is receiving the highest privilege from the father of being a son. It's the highest privilege. And that's why in the book of Isaiah, says, I will give you a name that's better than that of a eunuch. What's the name that he wants to give to you? Give you the name of his son. You belong to him. That's the highest office. Because you see, people who become eunuchs for the sake of the Father, that's a place of worship. The place is a realm in God. Men who will say, well, they don't have to get married so that they can be consecrated to God. So that itself is a position. But he said, I'm going to give you a name that's better than that of a eunuch or even a father. I'm giving you the name which is called son. To have an identity and a privilege with me in this life. Not when you die. You must know who you are. You are a son of God. Are you listening to what I'm saying? As many as believe, he gave power to become what? The sons of God. Nothing can change that. The only thing that stops and changes that is your faith. It's your belief. Glory to God. And those who have been called into this heavenly family, they have the highest honor and dignity to which it is impossible for a human soul to arrive at. That's something you cannot ordinarily on your own get into. But this is a call, this is an invitation by God himself. And he gives you power. And that power begins to transform your life, transform your thinking. I mean, you live by the power that makes you a child of God. Hallelujah. Are you there with me? Go with me to John 20, verse 24. Reading. John 20, reading from verse 24. Now, here was Jesus, John 20, 24. Jesus, have risen from the grave, appeared to the disciples when the doors were locked. Thomas was not there. And so when Thomas came to told him, man, Jesus came, we saw him. He said, man, until I see him and touch his flesh and the, the nail prints, I'm not going to believe. So look at this. But Thomas, one of the twelve, called Didymus, was not with them when Jesus came. The other disciples therefore said unto him, help me, Lord. We have seen the Lord, but he said unto them, except I see, 
in his hand the print of the nails. I put my finger into the print of the nails and thrust my hand into his side. I will not believe. <laughs> and after eight days, again the disciples were with him. And Thomas with them, there came Jesus, the doors being shut, and stood in the midst and said, Peace be unto you. Then said Thomas to, said he to Thomas, Reach thither thy finger and hold my hands. And reach hither thy hand and thrust into my side. And be not faithless but believing. And Thomas answered and said unto him, My Lord and my God. And Jesus said unto him, Thomas, because thou hast seen me, thou hast believed, blessed are they that have not seen and yet have what? Believed. Did you get that? This is where the trouble lies. What I'm saying now for you, how can that be? That's always a question. It's the same thing when God, the angel, spoke to Mary. You're going to have a baby. You're going to conceive of a child. And Mary said, how can this be? Is that Because naturally, I am a virgin. I have no husband. How can this be? And the angel said, the power of the shall overshadow thee. And then the next thing that came is, be unto me according to thy word. That should be your natural response. Not what you see, but it has to be according to the word of God. Be it unto me according to thy word. Are you following me? Thomas now said, My Lord, my God, because he saw him. And Jesus said, There is a blessing for those who have not seen and yet they believe. Now that's the greatest problem we are in. What are you saying, Pastor David? That I'm a child of God? How is that possible? How did he give back to me? You are confused in your mind because you walk by sight and not by faith. But don't forget, to them that believe, everything is what? Possible. Look at 2 Corinthians 5, verse number 7. 2 Corinthians 5, verse number 7. For we walk by what? Faith, not by sight. Read it from the Amplified Translation. For we walk by faith. We regulate our lives and conduct ourselves by our conviction or belief respecting man's relationship to God and divine things. With trust and holy favor, thus we walk not by sight or appearance. We don't. We regulate our lives and conduct ourselves by our conviction or belief. Oh, come on now. You regulate. Do you know what it means to regulate? Okay, let me put it this way. If you are in, an, in a house and the house becomes too hot, 
What do you use to regulate the temperature? You switch on the AC. You have regulated the temperature. Are you following what I'm talking about? And the Lord is saying we regulate our lives by what? By our conviction or belief. That is to say, you change your condition based on your conviction or belief. That's how you regulate your life. That's why you can be in the same church with other people. Things are working, but things are not working for you. What is the difference? You've not started regulating your life based on conviction. Are you still there? I have my conviction that man born of the human can destroy me. And it, it must be so for me because that is my conviction in Christ. Are you following what I'm talking about? You regulate your life based on your conviction of faith. Respecting man's relationship to God. So what's my relationship to God? God is my father. Therefore, whatever happens to my parents can happen to me. I have regulated my life based on my conviction. Is anybody following what I'm saying? <laughs> you have to regulate your life. Your conduct is based on your conviction or belief. As many as believe, he gave power to become what? The source of God. You have to regulate your mindset concerning your finances. <laughs> I gave you a story here some time ago. When my parents were in the village, I needed to bring them to the town. I have to think about getting them a house. Then I was teaching. And I have this appearance. Somebody came to me and said, you want to build your father's house? Don't you know that in this family, they don't live in a block house? So, it's not going to work. Then I said, I'm going to do it. It was a clear revelation that came to me. And it came twice. I got angry. Then I had no money. Salary have not come. I went and took a loan. Got cement. Got sand. Begin to mold blocks. And the thing appeared again. Do you really mean you want to build a father's house? Don't you know? And when I looked at my background, I find that my father actually lived in the mother's in the church house. The eldest one, the same thing. The third one never even had a house. Now he's saying this is what must follow. That by implication, even me too, when I grow up, I will not live in a good house. I must live in a mud house because that's what the family follows. Are you following what I'm talking about? These things are there, but I have to regulate my mind. Instantly, and I said, lay the foundation. When I was laying the foundation, one of my uncle came and said, David, you building a house? I said, yes. So where is the sacrifice? We need to, you know, get some fowls and get some golds and all of those things. You don't build a house with that. I said, no, I don't need anything, not even a single drink here. If you're looking for anything, you better go out of this place. The lady foundation will build the house. My father walked into it. I'm alive. My father is alive before he died. He lived in a completed building that I put together. But all of his elder ones, even down to his life, 
never lived in a house with corrugated roof or block. I regulated my life. I refuse to accept that what happens to them will happen to me. Does anybody get what I'm talking about? Listen, that's your faith. That's your belief. That's what, you see, I get no problem with people. They tell me, they, this thing you teach, you know, it doesn't work like that. Because they have not been able to regulate their lives based on the belief they have. They don't have the faith. I would say they don't have the kind of faith. I keep on telling you every day. Nothing that happens to my parents can happen to me. I don't believe in generational causes. I don't believe it. Praise God, somebody. I, I can't believe that. Why did Jesus die? Where is the blood of Jesus? <laughs> in fact, scripture says the word of God is shepherd and two years old, right? And it's going through the marrow, dividing the spirit and soul deep down into the marrow. I used to ask this question. What happens to your marrow? Your marrow is the place where your blood is formed. I mean, if you know that, medical people, am I right? Your marrow, the bone's marrow is where your blood is formed. What is the world going to do in your marrow? Why didn't the world stop in dividing your soul and spirit? But it's the move down, down to your marrow. What is the world going to do in your marrow? To change your blood. So when you receive the word, not just the letter, but the spirit of the word, you begin to regulate your life. You change your life. So you change your life by your conviction and what? And belief. So men can suffer from generational causes, but except in me, I'm exempted. Come on now. Is anybody follow what I'm talking about? He said, how did it happen? I regulated my life based on what my conviction and belief. I can't suffer from generational causes. It's nonsense. Not part of me, not in the word of God. Somebody say, oh, David, you mean not in the word of God? Sure. I showed you here the other time, Deuteronomy 24, verse 16. Maybe you can take a look at that. <clears throat> Excuse me. Look at this. How many of you understand that Deuteronomy is a revision of the laws of God? <laughs> the father shall not be put to death for their children. Neither shall the children be put to death for the fathers. Every man shall be put to death for what? His own sins. Is that in the word of God? <laughs> so why are you telling me there is something called generational cause? Except you are not born again from above. Except you are not born by the blood of Jesus. Remember what I'm saying? To them that believe, he gave power, power. Exusia to become so for you to receive the blood to bring the transformation, you got to have your conviction regulated by your belief. You regulate your life, you change your atmosphere, you create the life you live in by what your conviction and your belief. Hallelujah. Come on, are you still following what I'm talking about? 
See, you are in another family entirely. Different from the family that you were born into. Once you receive this conviction, once you receive this belief, everything that has ever happened to your family will happen to you. Praise the living God. Are you still with me? I, I want you to capture this. I want you to understand this. That you are so totally set free. Now, because you are a child of God, born of God. Oh, come on. Somebody need to understand what I'm talking about. Are you sitting there with me? Praise the living God. Perhaps I'll talk this again next week. <laughs> just, just, just read this and then we can, we can shut down. First John chapter 5, verse number 1. Ooh. <laughs> Glory to God. First John chapter 5, verse number 1. Are you there? Whosoever believeth that Jesus is Christ is born of God. <laughs> he made it so simple for you. As many as believe, he gave power to become what? The sons of God. Whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. And everyone that loveth him that beget loveth him also that is begotten of him. Can we take it for another translation? I like that. Every person who believes that Jesus is in fact the Messiah is God begotten. If we love the one who convince the child, who conceive the child, we will surely love the child who was conceived. Oh, my glory to God. Are you following what I'm talking about? If we love the one that convinced the child, who conceived the child, God will also love the child. He will believe that Jesus Christ is what? The Messiah is begotten of God. And if we love the one who conceived the child, we will surely love the child who was conceived. Hallelujah. So you tell me, do you believe in God? Do you love God? So in another way of putting this is, if you love God, you must love yourself. How do you love yourself? Because I'm a child of God. For Listen to what he say here. He will love the one who conceived the child. We surely love the child who was conceived. Now it is you that is conceived. Who conceived you? God. So if you love God, you got to love yourself. How do you love yourself? I am a child of God. That understanding is what liberates you from all of these things you see going around. Hallelujah. Every person who believes that Jesus Christ is in fact the Messiah. He confines in him for the remission of sin, remember? Begotten of God. And they who are pardoned and begotten of God love him in return for his love and love all those who are his children. We love everybody because I love God, I must love you. So one of the ways by which, one of the reasons by which you love me is because you know 
you love God. And if you love God, you must love me because I'm begotten of God. Are we together? Are you listening to me? See, I want you set free. I want you come to that place of knowing he whom the son set free is free indeed. I'm talking about everyone being a believer. And I'm talking about you being a believer of God. And what is that supposed to mean? You come into the place of knowing that you have been given back to by another spirit, which is of God. Praise the living God, somebody. Are you with me? I need you to catch this. That's why I'm taking my time. So you regulate your life. You change your life. You change everything about you. By what? Your belief and your conviction, which is your faith. Your persuasive conviction is what changes your life. Nothing else. You have to have faith in God. You have to have this conviction that you are born again from above. Not just from your village. You're born into God's kingdom by the Spirit of God. The blood of God is flowing in your life through the Holy Spirit. You are a new creature in God. Is anybody following what I'm talking about? To them that believe, he gave power to become what? The sons of God. Are you still there with me? Let me round up with this scripture. Colossians chapter 1, 12 and 13. You can take it from any translation you want. Thanking the Father who makes us strong enough to take part in everything bright and beautiful that he has for us. Glory to God. We thanking him. We give him thanks. Why? Because he set us up. Now go back again to verse 12. I'm, done, I'm not done with that. We thank him the Father who makes us strong enough to take part in everything bright and what? Beautiful that he has for us. So what God has for us is what? Bright and beautiful. Hallelujah. Look at the next verse. God rescued us from dead end alleys and dark dungeons, prison-like condition. He set us up in the kingdom of the Son he loves so much. Read the King James. I want, I want to pick a word from the King James. Who have delivered us from where? From the power of darkness and has translated us into what? The kingdom of his dear son. Who have delivered us is not going to. It's already a done deal. <laughs> Are you sitting there with me? Who have delivered us. Let me give you a simple illustration of this. If you are here in Delta State, you are in Nigeria, and you are going to Lagos, for instance, let's assume you are going by flight. All you need to do is to buy the ticket. And then you are picked up from Musubi Airport. You land in Mutala Mohammed Airport in Lagos. Once you are in Lagos, and rain is falling here in Delta State, the rain cannot touch you. Because you are in Lagos. You are in a different environment, different climate. Are you following what I'm talking about? 
How did you get to Lagos? You better take it. How do they get out of the realm of darkness? We were translated. How we were translated through the blood of Jesus. So you have led one environment toward another environment. Even though you are alive here, you live in a different environment. So what happened in the former environment is not supposed to affect you in this new environment. We are talking about things about the kingdom of God. We are not talking about things that pertain to the things of darkness and the world. We are not talking about things that pertain to Egypt. We have left Egypt. We are moving down to Canaan. We are coming to God's kingdom. We are coming to a new realm. Every power of darkness doesn't have effect in your life anymore. In the name of Jesus. You have to understand this. Now, I can tell you this, but the only way you can grasp it is your faith. How you regulate your life is by your conviction and your belief. I am so convinced I'm in the kingdom of God. I am so persuaded I've been translated. I am so convinced no power of darkness have any effect or power in my life anymore. It is my conviction. I have already been telling you this. God cannot do for you beyond what you believe. Praise the living God somebody. Are you see here? You've been translated. You are not going to be translated. You have moved from one realm of life to another realm of life. All sicknesses, you left them behind. Come on. All poverty, you left them behind. You've been translated. He came and picked you. He said he rescued you. That means you were in trouble. That means you were in bondage. That means you were in prison. He rescued you. Oh, come on. Is anybody understanding what I'm talking about? It's like you were swimming in the river. You're getting drowned. And then the lifeboat was thrown to you. You grab on the lifeboat and drag you out of the river to land. Man, you are having life. You can bring oxygen because you're in a new environment. All oh, things have passed away. Everything that was following you before has come to an end. I say every power that has been following you before has come to an end. In the name of Jesus, you've been translated. You are not going to be translated. That was done some 2,000 years ago when he poured on his blood. Everything that has followed your family cannot follow you. You are passed from dead unto life. Come on. Are you still there with me, somebody? You've left that realm of wickedness, that realm of oppression. You've left that. That is why you can't configure your life based on your community, based on your family, based on your culture, based on your tradition. Your life cannot be conducted anymore. What is it supposed to be? You can't regulate your life based on what you were having before. So this is what happened in Benin people. It doesn't happen to you. This will happen to Isoko people. That is not your portion. This will happen to Shakiri people. That is not your portion. Is anybody getting what I'm talking about? You'll be moved from one environment to what? Another environment. You are a new creature. All things have passed away. All things have become new. Why? You have the blood of Jesus. You are born and fresh from above. I'm primarily a kingdom person before. I'm an Isoko person. So what happened to Isoko people? And that's supposed to happen to me because I'm translated from that atmosphere into another atmosphere. 
I think about the good things, the bright, the important things in the kingdom of God. I don't think about what happens to my people. They have nothing to do with me. In fact, I am saved to save them. Come on. Hallelujah. That is your life. That is who you are. That is where you belong. You are saved to become a savior. That's why the Bible says, Savior shall arrive out of my Zion. Come and stand up, somebody. You can keep on thinking back. You can keep on thinking about what is happening. No, that is not your portion. I want you to begin to pray right now. Talk to the Father. So many things you believe that are working against you. Come on, somebody get on the keyboard. So many things you believe working against you, robbing you of the life that God has for you. No more. No more. No more. No more. You got to understand. You regulate your life by your conviction. Begin to pray. Begin to talk to the Father. Begin to exalt the name of God. No, no, no. In your family, oh, they don't get pregnant. Therefore, you can't be pregnant. In your family, oh, people die early. Therefore, you're going to die early. Nullify those things. Nullify your thinking in your spirit. Whatever happens to anybody can't happen to you. Regulate your life. Regulate your life. Thank you for listening to Dr. David Ogaga. We know you have been blessed by this station. You can share this message with your friends and loved ones. For more information, inquiries, and free downloads, please visit www.davidogaga.org or you can send us an email admin at gkai.net. God bless you.